I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. Hey folks, just before we launch hand in hand into today's show, I want to tell you something about something that you're going to hear right at the header of the show. And that's where I give you some insights around some of the conversations that we have with athletes who are considering Purple Patch. Now, what you might not know is we really encourage people that are interested to give us a call, set up a complimentary call. And that's for several reasons. The first is it helps us appreciate and understand the goals and challenges that you might face. But also, it ensures that we get you on the best program for your situation and budget. It's a no-pressure environment for you to go and ask questions and learn if ultimately Purple Patch is a fit for you. Now, our promise to every athlete is that you are more than a number, and these calls are a perfect way to kick off your journey the right way and, of course, ensure that you have a seamless runway into our program. And so when you're here today, if you are inspired, feel free to ping us. All you need to do is ping us at info at purplepatchfitness.com and let us know that you heard this invitation on the show and we will get you scheduled. Also, before we get going, I do want to say a word about our partner, Inside Tracker, because this is the vehicle that enables us to give you free, unabridged content that's going to help you in your performance. It is one of our most important partnerships because it is grounded in helping you guys, the athletes, and of course, fitness enthusiasts, optimize your return on your hard work. It's going to set you up for not just your best performance, but also longevity of performance across both sport and life. I want you to do what you love and love what you're doing for a long time. And I think that the insights and recommendations from the team at Inside Tracker provide a sense of clarity and focus on the key elements that are going to help you excel. All you need to do is head to insidetracker.com slash purplepatch and add the code purplepatchpro20 And of course, you get 20% of everything at the store. If you want to accelerate these insights, reach out to us. Grab a coaching consultation from one of the team at Purple Patch. Same email as I mentioned before, info at purplepatchfitness.com. Let us know that you want to schedule a consultation to go along with your inside tracker assessment and we will get cracking. But let's not wait any longer. Let's jump off the cliff. Deep breath out. It is time to get going, isn't it? I hope you enjoy the show. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And to introduce this week's show, what I decided to do is pull some salient quotes and comments from a few of the many introduction calls that we like to have with potential and incoming athletes at Purple Patch. Now, these calls are really valuable because it enables us to meet and understand each athlete's situation and goals, but also help them align with the best program. So we want to ensure it's a good fit so that we can create a lasting relationship. We are committed to ensuring that every Purple Patch athlete is more than a number, and this is a wonderful way to kick off the partnership. But in these conversations, we get a lot of insights, some lessons for us as a team, and we tend to see some patterns, some common situations, some challenges. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to share some of these. So we won't associate any names, but I'm just going to directly, from our call notes, these are all genuine, directly quote a few. Okay, here we go. Number one, 
I constantly feel like I can't keep up with the prescribed training. Number two, I'm zombified throughout much of the day. Number three, I'm so frustrated. I've just had it. I keep getting told to do a bike ride when I'm traveling for work. I have no access to anything but running. And yet I wake up and I see on my plan, go for a ride. Number four, I honestly have no idea where the plan is going. I ask questions, but I just get told, trust the plan. I don't seem to get any feedback. Number five, I constantly feel like I'm failing. My life shifts and I simply don't know how to adjust the sessions. I seem to get 80% of the workouts done, so I just feel like I'm going backwards. And finally, number six, my coach is a great athlete. He clearly knows what he's doing, but he honestly just can't understand my life commitment and challenges. He just tells me to declutter life and get committed. Now, are all of these coaches guiding these athletes poor coaches? Likely not. But the truth is that many very good coaches fail when they are asked to apply their training methodology to an athlete who is also constantly challenged with high commitments in broader life, family, work, travel. And I have honestly met many world-class high-performance coaches who fall at the first hurdle when it comes to adapting training for the time-starved athlete. And so I thought, you know what? Let's dig in. Today, we investigate some of the biggest coaching mistakes that occur when guiding time-starved athletes. Now, it's not to bully these failures, but instead to empower you the athlete or the fitness enthusiast to improve your own training and hopefully, maybe, just a little bit raise the bar when it comes to coaching for those that are challenged with, oh, what's that thing called? Oh, that's right, life. But before we get going, we had some crackers from last week because I asked for the naming rights of our newest section. I had failed to provide a title. I kept saying, what's going on? So in the same way as the Warriors' brand new basketball arena in San Francisco is called the Chase Center, today we give naming rights. The winner is from Cat Lang, Matt's Newsings. Oh, I get what you did there. I like that. Musings and news. Hmm. Okay. That's super. So today, for the first time, I give you Matt's Newsings. So what have I observed this week? Well, a couple of things. I think we need to give a nod. The Ironman World Championship in St. George, Utah. A few things that I noticed there. Firstly, I want to tip my hat to the 20 Purple Patch athletes that went, competed, and had great personal performances. We had several qualify for Kona, the Hawaii Ironman World Championship, later this year, but also some great personal performances. And it was lovely to sit and cheer and meet everyone before the race and following the race. So well done to the Purple Patch athletes. Also, globally, I thought there's some really interesting insights. Firstly, raising the bar, the Ironman World Championship. I thought it was a great event, great competition. Every part as demanding as the Hawaii Ironman World Championship, and it was super. So I hope that anyone that got to go there and experience it or see it, a lot of respect to so many of the athletes. Now, there is one point. We had a lot of dropouts in the pro field. Why was that? 
I think a part of it is that there was such a runway, such a ramp up to this race, a long time without a world championship and a long time for athletes to prepare. And when you have a long runway, it sounds really favorable and it is, but it becomes harder and harder to manage systemic stress. And we had a lot of athletes that probably just pushed to the edge and beyond and boom, sickness, injury, it became way more prevalent. It's something to keep that in mind when we talk so often about being fit and fresh. When you're at the razor thin edge of world-class performance, it's really, really challenging. So the Ironman World Championships, I tip my hat to every single athlete that participated and navigated. It was a wonderful event and congratulations to all. Second, you know that we have the Purple Patch Center here, the Performance Center in San Francisco. So if you are based in the Bay Area, remember, we are live. We welcome you. Head to the website, purplepatchfitness.com. You can click on the center tab, and we have live in-person classes and services right now. And did you know what? You don't even need to be a Purple Patch athlete to participate. And even better, you don't even need to be in San Francisco because all of our live bike classes are video enabled and you can just simply have a drop-in fee to supplement your training and experience a little bit of the live interactive sessions. They are a lot of fun, high value, and it is small group coaching. So if you'd like more information, head to the website or of course you can reach out to us. All right. With that, we're going to get on today because I've got a lot to talk about, but I do. Barry, you are back, my friend. You had the week off. You are fresh. You are healthy. Your fingers are not full of calluses, and it means that you can do, ladies and gentlemen, the word of the week. We like the way he thinks, serious with the wings. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the dictionary. And the word of the week this week, write off. The message, don't give up on yourself. For this week's word of the week, I want to come back to the Ironman St. George World Championships. And at the professional end of the field, there were two athletes that I thought delivered inspirational performances. And they had a common thread. One was Daniela Reef, and the other, you might not have seen the headlines on her, but was an ex-Purple Patch Pro, someone that's still a friend, and still a great athlete, Laura Siddle. Now, both of these athletes, for very different reasons, much of the triathlon world might have written them off, might have said their time has passed. Laura, as she moves into the sunset of her career, is she still racing? I heard many people asking that. Daniela Reef, a great world champion, but had her time passed? Was she done? Well, of course, if you followed the race, you don't need to know any more about Daniela, a dominant performance, a great world champion, proving that she is one of, if not the best triathlete of all time across both genders. But look a little bit further down the results. Laura Siddle, seventh at the world championship. Laura, I am proud of you. I'm so happy to have been a part of your journey, and I'm so impressed. Congratulations to you and your coach, Julie Dibbons, for taking you to seventh top 10 in the world. You richly deserve it and you step up. Neither of you guys are write-offs. The message, never give up on yourself. Or Laura, what do we say? Don't die wondering. All right, the word of the week, write-off. Well done and thank you 
for inspiring so many athletes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get on with the meat and potatoes. Yes, the meat and potatoes, coaching mistakes. It is a big subject. And I've got to be honest that when I think about that title, it causes a little bit of tummy rumbling, a little bit of trepidation for me, and even bringing it to your attention. Because I'm really aware that if I'm not careful on this subject, it's going to be very, very easy for me to create a perception that I'm standing up on a pedal stool and saying, here I am, Matt Dixon, presenting myself as the superior coach who looks down on anyone who embraces the same craft as me. Who are you to think that you're a good coach? And the truth is that nothing could be further from the truth. Look, there are many very, very good coaches. And some of them that I'm sure you've heard of, but there are other great coaches that are perhaps lesser known and are still excellent. And I love to learn from these experts. And many of them bring real expertise in various areas that I would say are well above my own. And so I really encourage you as a listener to try and listen to as many experts across fields as you can and build your knowledge base in performance. But today, all I'm doing is I'm digging into my little area of what I feel like is my particular expertise in coaching. And that's building high performance for time-starved athletes. Many of the coaches that I said I really respect, some of them fall at the first hurdle when it comes to working with this particular subset of athletes, those that are really juggling chaotic schedules. And so I hope that this is received in the way that I'm presenting it. As you go through today, my goal is to help you learn three main things. First, what I believe to be the critical benefits from leveraging a successful coaching relationship. Second, I'm going to outline the big mistakes that I see so many coaches make when they're guiding time-starved athletes. And then finally, some of the action steps to build a framework of coaching and programming to ensure that you can get your best return from the hard work that you put in. And so as we dive in, I do want to flag one thing. There is a sister blog to this show. And if you're an athlete, I encourage you to go and have a read on it. It's all about the red flags that maybe you're in a coaching relationship that's, for lack of a better phrase, broken, needs to be enhanced. And I think it's going to help you with some useful perspectives so that you can assess your own approach to fitness or health or training. You don't need to be a triathlete for this. It encompasses all fitness enthusiasts, and of course, athletes. And so without further ado, let's dig into this very big subject. And I want to start in section one with utopia. What are the benefits of a really good coach? So what's the role of a coaching program that will be ultimately one that is aligned with your situation and needs? So I think the best way to tackle this, what are the outcomes that we really want, is to go to that, the outcomes. If you are a time-starved athlete, in other words, someone that has a very busy life with a whole bunch of competing non-negotiable priorities, but at the same time, you're chasing self-improvement in sporting goals or fitness, et cetera, and then the outcomes are a really good place to align on. 
And that's where you're going to start to bubble up coaching value. And so in my mind, a good coach should at the baseline level be able to leverage their expertise and their experience to build an approach that will deliver improvement across many areas and enable you to be successful in any sporting goals that you have. So yes, of course, a good coach should help you achieve. It is ultimately results driven. But for me, it's beyond sporting results because the other thing a coach should be able to do, particularly for a time-starved athlete, is through their expertise and experience, help you improve your profile in health, your work performance, and how you show up in life. Okay, so that's number one. That's the baseline. Secondly, though, a really good coach should empower you. A coach's goal shouldn't be to make the coach essential, but instead should try and go on a journey to build irrelevance. In other words, if you're a great coach, you're trying to deliver knowledge transfer. You're trying to help athletes to be equipped to ultimately self-manage. Coaching isn't just about writing some magic good plan. It is enabling the athlete to appreciate and understand the plan, buy into it, and then be able to self-manage. And over time, a great partnership, that word underlined, partnership in a coach, would include the athlete actually having real contributions and a say into what they feel like they need for success because then you've got engagement. So good. So we've got this expertise and experience to a building approach, but at the same time, you've got knowledge transfer and an ever-increasing contribution from the athlete side as you go along. The third element, the outcome of a good coach that you want, is you want the coach to be there to help you get your head out of the room. That's a really important part of leadership. Coaches facilitate perspective. And that is the only way that the athlete is equipped to navigate adversity and setbacks. And when things do go off track, enable the athlete to course correct, to get back on top of it. Now, within that, of course, the heartbeat is a healthy dose of accountability so that you, the athlete, follows through on your commitments and your promises to yourself. Now, it's really, really hard for an athlete to individually be successful on this because the athlete is rightfully living in the weeds day by day. And so to try and get along with the grind, but also at the same time have amazing perspective for the journey, it's really tough because you're living it. It's personal. It's meaningful. And so a good coach will bring the skills, experience, and wisdom to help you elevate. And that's really important. Finally, I think a good coach, and this is underappreciated often, but a good coach or a good coaching program should serve as your quarterback to broader performance and information. Look, right now, particularly over the last decade or so, there is so much information out there. And there are so many practitioners and experts, whether it's around longevity, health, nutrition, strength and conditioning, sleep and metrics, biometrics, equipment choices, there is an incredible amount of rabbit holes for you to go down as the athlete and create a situation of confusion, contradiction, or traps of big money spend with a variable return on those investments. And a really solid coach or program should take on that role to enable 
them, the coach, to become your filter. And that way, that will enable you to focus on the really important stuff that's going to give you performance and dilute in many ways the confusion. So of everything you could focus on, these are the things that are actually going to yield benefit to you. And that's going to help over the long term. And if the quarterback of a coach creates the team environment, you, the athlete, can foster and evolve. So we've got this team-based approach. You've got the ability to help you retain perspective and the long-term journey. You are becoming empowered as an athlete. And of course, we're leveraging the expertise across all of the types of athletes. In other words, they've done it before. Wisdom and expertise, education and empowerment, perspective, accountability, course correction, and your filter for the minefield, the blizzard of bullshit that's out there. That is what we're looking for. A coaching program should have your back. Good. But, and it's a big but, what is important to you, the listener who is a time-starved, performance-minded individual? In this case, I'm here to tell you that what is really important to you is that your coach or coaching program that you partner with needs to have not just all of that expertise, but also have the empathy and the skills to develop a program that aligns with your goals and your specific situation. And this, this is when things tend to get a little bit sticky and a little bit challenging for a lot of coaches. There are plenty of coaches that are super at building programs built on the broad baseline of science-based research, a methodology that's actually been developed in the vacuum of broader insight and perspective, typically stemming from how we train elite athletes. This is, for lack of a better phrase, high-performance coaching. But the question is, do the same approaches and methodologies fit when someone is high-performance living as well? not just chasing high performance in sport, but they are already performing, quote, high performance in their life. And then they are trying to integrate their best sporting performance within context of that. I think it is a completely different challenge. Now, this doesn't matter if you're a triathlete, a runner, a cyclist, a parent, a CEO, a shift worker, or you're just trying to meet your ends. Whatever it is, your life brings a different suite of challenges. And to be honest, many programs simply don't consider this. When they build out their approach to training, they're either ill-equipped to do so and to actually think about that or lacking the expertise, wisdom, or I hate this, but the empathy to really take it seriously for you, the time-staffed athlete. It's really rare, bizarrely rare to me, that coaches consider the big life that you lead while building the plan. Guess what? They should. And so, without further ado, let's dig in and let's talk about the common mistakes. Now, before we get cracking here, I have to do a very quick timeout because we like to bring education that is free to you. So I have to talk about our partner. It's InsideTracker.com. You know the details. You dive in and get your biometrics. And what bubbles up is a suite of recommendations and advice to guide you on your best focus around your training, your recovery, your de-stressing, your nutrition, and any supplements that might be appropriate. 
If you want to dive in, insidetracker.com slash purplepatch. You can head there, put in the code purplepatchpro20. You get 20% off everything at the store. Super. Enjoying it. A smart coach knows to chase the insights. And so Inside Tracker is going to get you there. Purple Patch Pro 20, you get 20% of everything at the store. All right, back to the show. Section two, what are the biggest mistakes that I observe? Now, let me once again put this in context. This part of the show that we're going to get into now is not about claiming that I've got it all worked out and somehow I'm superior to all of the other coaches. That's not really what it's about. But with this, there is a fact, and that's that the origin of Purple Patch almost 15 years ago now was my very driving mission when I started this business. In many ways, what I wanted to do was right a wrong, at least a wrong that I perceived. I felt that so many athletes were underachieving and walking around in life fit and fatigued. And the reason that I observed and I actually navigated myself was because of poor methodology and things like the key elements of recovery and nutrition just simply being relegated to an afterthought. And so for me as a coach, and now the whole team at Purple Patch, our absolute focus, our passion is the time-starved athlete. It is the thing for me. And I've been very, very lucky to be able to draw lessons on working with a host of world-class athletes, but also had equal luck in working with so many C-level executives, founders of businesses, executive teams. And over the course of that journey, it's really fostered a very clear appreciation of what actually works, what is important for these types of athletes, but also what isn't important. And so in this little corner of the world of high performance, this is my world. And so I hope that it really comes across that at Purple Patch, we're so passionate about this, that we want to help coaches that maybe don't have this area quite nailed. And that's the mission of today. And I want to help you, the listener as a time-staffed athlete, try and build on your approach. And so without further ado, here are the big mistakes. Now, we're only talking about the big ones here. So let's get going on number one. The first issue, the big granddaddy, is for the coach to build their training program and the load of that training in a proverbial vacuum. Here's what so many coaches don't appreciate. Stressors are stressors are stressors. They accumulate. And so when we have talked so much before about training being a stress, which you apply to an athlete, through training prescription, and then they adapt positively, we hope, so that they get fitter, stronger, etc. So many coaches don't consider all of the other stressors that a time-starved athlete has, whether it's compromised sleep because of all of the other demands in life, trying to nail their nutritional load, family commitments and logistics, work, travel, everything else. And it's cognitive, it's physiological. The body is not good at differentiating stresses. And so, so often, if you just build your proverbial, this is the plan that is necessary to get ready for X, a marathon, an Ironman, a half Ironman, whatever it might be, it's always going to conflict 
with life. Because for a time-starved athlete, life is non-negotiable. Coaches, unfortunately, fail to appreciate this. And so instead, they throw out words like you've got to be committed and you've got to be tough and hate fatigue is a rite of passage and chop wood and carry water and all of this, which is an element of truth. Yes, you do need to be tough, et cetera, et cetera, but life is non-negotiable. And for a time-starved athlete to be successful, we cannot, as coaches, make this journey as a second job. The triathlon, the running, the cycling, whatever your sport and passion is, it has to be integrated and not a second part-time job. Now, a small example of this is for the more committed athletes out there, where they get on and they measure their TSS, their training stress score. So many coaches and athletes obsessively track scores like this as the definitive measure of load on the athlete's body. But how often these coaches forget to also consider the huge cognitive and physiological stresses that bubble up from aspects of life. And so, yes, measuring data is really valuable. Tracking is a critical component, but it's only really powerful when it is combined with the humanistic internal feedback that the body provides and the mind provides to amplify the context. We always talk about performance within the context of life. And yet I see so many coaches building their plans and expectations without consideration of what that athlete is navigating through the life. This is an important point for really busy athletes, because this is a good opportunity as we go on a little tangent here to think about what the role of training is. As a time-starved athlete, and we think about your runs, your bikes, whatever you might do, what role is that having in your life? Well, of course, the major one is that is the stimulus to drive adaptations. And those adaptations will equip you to achieve your sporting goals. You want to get fitter, stronger, more powerful, more resilient. Yes, so that you can go and run your marathon or finish your big hiking event or your Ironman, whatever it might be. So yes, training adaptations. But I would add to this that training consistent training also has a role to build your capacity for life. It should actually ultimately energize you. Much of your training should have an important role as a pressure relief. You should have this valve and by participating in much of your training, it should bring you down a little bit, make you happier, a de-stressor, fill your soul. Not all of training is there to boost your power and your pace. And a really smart coach absolutely embraces this when they are managing and helping a time-staffed athlete plan. They consider it in program design. Unfortunately, many coaches don't. And so the first mistake, building the training load in a vacuum. The second mistake is for a coach to build the training plan without clarity or flex. Now, this is, as you've heard me maybe talk about before, where we start to think about a dynamic mindset. Every athlete needs to have clarity and provide clarity on what they have access to and what they don't. Because the vast majority of time-starved athletes have a whole bunch of stuff going on. 
And they often have travel. They often have commitments with kids and other activities. And so in any given week, it's very uncommon for a time-starved athlete to have a set training block that always will be the same opportunity. So by definition, you've got to have a bit more of a dynamic mindset when you go and build the program. We like to say life is not a spreadsheet. And so if a coach is building a training plan in a really rigid format that's absolutely uncompromising, it's highly likely that a time-staffed busy athlete is going to nearly always struggle. The problem here almost always originates with planning every session holding the same equal priority in a week. If a coach just says, here it is, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and every single session is just checkbox, you either do it or you don't, it's the same equal value, you're actually removing any empowerment of the athlete to self-manage. Because as soon as they miss a session or they have a choice between two sessions, they have no hierarchy, they have no understanding of what to do. And if you add to this then that you have many coaches that inhabit either because of overcapacity in their own life or maybe they're just a little bit hard of hearing, prescribing sessions that are impossible for athletes to execute, the challenges mount. Coaches, if your athlete is traveling to New York on business and only has access to a hotel gym or to Central Park, it is nailing a professional basic to avoid on that day prescribing an outdoor bike ride. The only way for this to happen is to fully appreciate every single athlete's logistics and schedule. And so it's critical that you need to build the program that integrates into life. But beyond this, real success emerges when that athlete that is being guided is empowered. They understand the focus of the week. They understand the sessions. They know the important sessions, the ones that are the master sessions or what we call the key sessions. And they understand what success looks like, the intention behind it, so they can execute it within the alignment of the prescription that you've put. But then how it becomes successful is providing them with that clarity so that you can empower them to make decisions and adjustments. Don't turn into mummy or daddy. This is a process of learning, of education, of knowledge transfer, of explaining the mission behind the program. And it's an awful lot of work for the coach. It's also an engagement for the athlete. But over time, if you set this relationship up and you aim to empower the athlete to understand how, then you are better equipped for the athlete to become more able to self-manage. We want to develop for the athlete autonomy. And unfortunately, many coaches build the training program without clarity for the athlete of the intention or any ability to self-manage. There is no flex in it. And as soon as you are like this, you are not, by definition, teaching the athlete to, what do they say, fish for themselves. So we're two mistakes in. Mistake number three. The coach's failure to adapt to the specific demands of a time-starved athlete. Now, this is a biggie. I discussed this a little bit last week where the big question was, is it possible to train for an Ironman 
on 12 weekly hours. So in other words, with 12 hours a week, can I successfully get ready for an Ironman? There was a lot of discussion going on and a lot of folks said, no, it's not possible. Well, I'm here to tell you it is. And we've proven it with countless athletes over many years and a lot of those athletes being podium finishers and qualifiers to world championships and winners of world championships. But it is only possible when coach and athlete acknowledge the specific demands of life and then optimize around it. So I love this saying, it's very personal, but your mission as a time-starved athlete is to maximize performance within the context of your life. That's the mission. And I'm afraid that many coaches consistently fail to embrace this concept. And instead, what they do is they just chase physical performance, period. They don't acknowledge or appreciate the cognitive load demands of work and life, let alone the specific stresses of travel, family, kids, and more. They build the programmers in vacuum, and then they wonder why their athletes are walking around in the fog of fatigue. And so I see coaches that forget a simple fact. And this is, if you have a really busy life or you have a life full of time, the simple fact remains. High performance is built on a platform of health. Vibrancy. What a wonderful word that is. We want every athlete to be vibrant. And as a time-starved athlete, it takes more work. It's why we say we are the drivers of performance when we can get the athlete really fit but also fresh, fit and fresh. It's not that fatigue is bad. You are going to get tired as you go on this journey. You're not going to feel great every day. It's not, woohoo, everything's wonderful. But chronic fatigue is bad. And a smart program will take heavily into consideration the life demands just as much as the training goals. When you can get that right as a coach, the athlete will accelerate every time. And so you have to begin as a coach with that part first and then put a program in. Now, if you want to learn more about this, this is really the whole subject of last week's show. So if you didn't listen, head back, optimization. There's also a great blog on optimization that we posted last week, and I would heavily recommend that you go and have a read of that. The link will be in the show notes, but it's a very good little piece of information to help you set up optimized training for the time-starved athlete. All right, so I think we are starting to get the picture here, but, 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 there are two more big ones, and this one is a really big one. So many coaches fail to appreciate the role of training in a time-starved life. Now, we talked about this a little bit, but I have to put it as a master mistake. We are looking to build adaptations, but we also, as I talked about before, want to have a mental and physical pressure release valve. A benefit from doing this is really important. And I want to double down on this because so many coaches demand from their athletes focus. And they unfortunately have very little empathy for the focus that those time-starved athletes are having to put in the rest of their life. They're not sitting around playing Xbox. They're not decompressing. They're not having massages. They are putting massive focusing, showing up for their families, showing up for work meetings, whatever it might be. And so I like to see coaches instead shine a spotlight on two to three big sessions a week that are built specifically to drive the performance needle. And you do that through either extended duration and volume or, and or high intensity. 
Now, these sessions, absolutely, as a coach, you say, hey, Jimmy, Jenny, you've got to be present. You've got to be focused. You've got to get yield out. You've got to be all in and immersive on these. But around those sessions, you've got the supporting sessions. And these still are really important in the big picture. They're valuable. You get general conditioning, tissue resilience. Maybe you get to work on a little bit of technique. But they're the ones that have the pressure release valve. As I talked about before, fill your soul. And these are so important. And so many coaches, unfortunately, through perhaps trying to impress, they tend to overcomplicate these sessions. Highly structured, making the athlete think too much, and driving too much focus. It sounds bizarre. Instead, coaches should maybe say, let's go simple. Here's an example. I could do a 50-minute run that is general conditioning. I could say warm up for five minutes, go through a dynamic warm-up, go and execute a few hill strides to activate. Then I want you to run for the next 35 minutes. I want it to be at a zone two pace, no more than a heart rate of 140. I want you to take a walk break every fifth minute for 30 seconds. I want you to think about good form and leg speed, but make sure that the shoulders are supple and make sure that form doesn't devolve. Don't go with a friend. They're going to make you go too hard. I want you obsessed. Oh, and do not listen to a podcast on music because that's distracting. Jiminy, it sounds like homework, doesn't it? It's okay, coaches, to enable quite a lot of the training to be pretty simple. Let me say that a different way. Go run 50 minutes. Fill your soul. Have a conversation. Maybe listen to a podcast. Don't think about it too much. Now, within there, if the athlete wants to do a little activation, maybe they want to wake up the body with some strides, maybe they check in with their form. That's all good, but don't add the load. Give them freedom. Allow much of the training to be a little bit of me time, a freshener, a cognitive cleanse. So many coaches miss that as an opportunity and they overload. No matter how many hours the athlete has, let's call it 10 hours, they make the 10 hours obsessive and it absolutely destroys the athlete. They get a lack of motivation and a big accumulation of cognitive and physiological fatigue. All right, we've got one more, guys, and this one, we finish with a cracker. I'm afraid it's a biggie. The big coaching mistake, particularly prevalent for time-starved athletes, and that is a coach's failure to listen. Now, we could call this just having low empathy. This is important and all too common. So many coaches see their role as being a leader from the front, but coaching isn't a dictatorship. I see way too many coaches thinking of leadership and coaching as broadcast, transmission. It's not radio. You don't just turn it on and put it out to the world. Coaches need to be great at listening, really listening. And then from that information that you're drawing out of the athlete, adapt and guide with that perspective. Now, you might remember my case study last week. I talked about one of my athletes who was really struggling. He was leading a major product. He's in tech, working 19 hours a day. If I just stubbornly said, hey, you got to stay on track. This is the program. You're getting ready for an Ironman. We need consistency. you got to carve out life, simplify your life. You'd fail. You have to pause and listen and say, what is the right thing now? And so as a coach, I had my plan. I had my spreadsheet. 
I had where I want to take the athlete, but guess what? Life happens. He had three or four weeks where he's working 19 hours a day, seriously, 19 hours a day. I can't stick with my plan. I have to adapt, evolve, draw back, give him space, but most importantly, keep the athlete moving. So over the last few weeks, completely changing the landscape, we are building everything to support your immune system, to energize you. Forget about triathlon for a while, adapt the plan. Hand by hand, high accountability, you need this for your capacity, your energy, and to help you do what is absolutely critical and non-negotiable right now for your work. Now, as I record this, this week, I got the email, hey, it's pretty good, the hurricane is over, now it's only 70 mile an hour winds. In other words, my signal that we can have a conversation and get back on track and course correct. We managed to get through healthy, successful with the demands of life, and now I can adapt the program and get back to it. But I could only do that with empathy, by really listening, understanding the challenge, and not say, yeah, but this is the plan. You told me that you want to go well at Ironman, so this is what you've got to do. Instead, adapt based on listening and the situation, and that is a really, really hard thing to do. So as a coach, you might see an athlete really struggling. You might be told of fatigue, and the last thing you want to do is just drive forward. Come on, Jimmy, Johnny, Jenny, you've got to find a way. Get back on program. In order for us to be successful, you've got to drive forward. No, sometimes you've got to pause. As a coach, you've got to evolve the whole approach, mindset, and plan. Guess what? Sometimes the athlete might need something different from the plan because they've got non-negotiable stuff going on in life. Now, you as the coach, you need the athlete to communicate, but it is you as the coach that sets the environment for that. You need to build a relationship and mechanism for the athlete's voice to be heard. And then as the coach, you need to listen. And many coaches don't. It's a huge mistake. You cannot devalue two-way communication. You've got to listen to how the athlete feels. It is their body, and they, even if they don't know, they often know. Now, beyond listening, so many coaches fail in that empathy department. I am no pushover as a coach. I have never heard or never had an athlete that says to me, you know what, your training is just too easy. But as coaches, remember, we're building a program within the boundaries of life. And life can stack and stack and stack. And sometimes there are times that work, family, and social can accumulate so much that even the most committed athlete just needs a breather. You can set high standards. You can have high expectations as a coach. But that is only going to be fostered to high performance if it is supported with great listening and empathy. And there you have it, folks. Those are my big buckets, the mistakes that I see. So many coaches making it when they are supporting this peculiar little subset that you are a part of as a listener to this show, the time-starved athlete. 
Now, if you're listening to today's show and you are an athlete, a time-starved athlete, I would recommend a follow-up here. I'd love you to head to purplepatchfitness.com and check out the helpful piece. I referenced it early in the show. It's under the blog section, and it is red flags in your coaching relationship. You have one journey. It is your journey, and I want to ensure that you are on the best path for you. If you're listening to the show more as a coach, well, I hope it helps. I hope that it opens up an avenue for you to improve and maybe upskill in this particular area around time-starved individuals. It isn't the same puzzle and challenge as guiding an elite athlete or any athlete that just doesn't have much time pressure in life. But most importantly, whether you're a coach, whether you're an athlete, I wish you all the best. And I hope that we all collectively can drive forward so that we can find a journey and a pathway towards not just great sports performance, but an amplification of health, work performance, and how you show up in life. Guys, thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next week. Until then, stay healthy and take care. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Cheers.